getting up with Gareth Hall on this Friday, the 25th of August. Good morning to you, listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you, wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. Jam-packed Friday show, as always. We'll catch up with the track curators in the first part of the show. Tony Salisbury to tell us about the Valley. Sean Patterson at Rose Hill and Justin Groves to tell us about that parks track at Morverville ahead of the Leon McDonald. And then Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments will preview the up-and-coming and the Sand Medico at Rose Hill tomorrow afternoon. So the two feature three-year-old events. Sterling Alexio will go through his best there from a stable's perspective there at Rose Hill tomorrow. We'll catch up with Benny Hayes as well. Mitch Lewis, Chris Nelson will join us along with Riley Morgan, Peter Anthonis and Darren Carroll, Simon Orchard as well to help us back a winner across the three codes. Um, for a big weekend of racing. And then, of course, we'll find you a winner with Friday's meetings across the three codes with Bag of Tips just after 10 o'clock. But let's head out to the Valley to kick off proceedings on this Friday. And don't forget, you can give us a text anytime you want, 0499 736 736, 0499 736 736. Tony Salisbury is the man at the Valley. Good morning to you, Tony. What's the conditions like um, this morning? What are you expecting tomorrow? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, pretty good here this morning, actually, for um, tail end of winter. It's quite sunny, a little bit of a breeze starting to get up. But um, top of 19 to 20 degrees forecast, but then we move to race day on Saturday and has off standard form around racing at the valley. We've got a pretty ordinary day, overcast, 15 degrees, chance of showers. So okay. A bit unfortunate, but yeah. But the showers weren't expected, were they, um, when I was looking at that weather report midweek? So you can't take a trick, can you? No, you can't. Absolutely not. And only going by what they're saying on um, all bureau sort of uh, reports. But um, we know they form around the bureau and um, sometimes it's not 100% accurate, but we've got to take it as it is. So if we don't get any sort of any, any of those showers, it'll pretty much hold to where it will be this afternoon. So that will be probably around that good four range. I'm just out doing a going stick at the moment. Um, I'd suggest genuine four at the moment. Might improve the better side of a four and then Come race day till race time tomorrow, we'll hand the keys over to the stewards and they'll make a call from that rating as the day goes on tomorrow. So you got the rail out four metres. You are spot on with how you thought the track would play the other day. How do you think it'll play tomorrow? I think it'll play similar to that previous meeting on the 12th. The only difference will be that um, I think the rail will actually come into play this week. Yeah. Um, lane sort of one off the rail out to about four and a half, five, pretty even, and then sort of five and a half starts to drop off a little bit. So um, I think that's more than enough ground for fields to sort of make the run similar to what they did two weeks ago, and um, it should play pretty fair and even like it did on what, the 12th. What about the wind conditions? It's an overcast day there tomorrow. Will that play any part in the in the pattern? No, I won't. Looking at the forecast at the moment, it's um, northwesterly in the morning, switching to southwesterly, so it'll be slightly in their face with a little bit of cover over the stand. So the wind won't be sort of a, a factor this week like it has been in the last couple of meetings here. So saying that, the straight is still probably, you know, just that little bit better than the side, the school side, but... Um, Still, I don't think that'll be a significant impact on the way the track will play tomorrow. Sensational stuff, mate. Thanks for that update. And enjoy tomorrow, Tone. No worries, Gareth. Thanks very much. He's a good man, Tony Salisbury. Sean Patterson joins us for an update at Rose Hill ahead of San Domenico and the up-and-coming stakes day. G'day, Sean. What are you expecting tomorrow, mate? Yes, good morning. Uh, look, we're currently sitting on a soft five with our panel at 5.09. 
we've obviously had a little bit of rainfall in the last seven days. We're at 11.1 mil. So start at a soft five, but it's border in the four as we speak. So we might get to a good four by the first race tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I think with today we're looking at about 23, 24 degrees. There is no wind around. For today and tomorrow, it's quite still. Uh, but these nice temperatures that we're starting to see are definitely improving the track. And as I said, we're bordering a four to five at the moment. And the rail tomorrow, you expect that horses on pace, will they be at a bit of an advantage? Look, typically when the rail goes out to six metres, especially from the 11 to 100, that's exactly how it plays. But as we've seen, the last couple of meetings have been out to six metres. Yeah. It's played quite fair and every horse has had a chance, uh, especially if we have a nice wide straight, so they still get their opportunity to hit it out. And the rail position, there was a race, I think it was the midway, was it? There was more races than expected. So there was a little confusion about the rail, but the rail's just out six metres, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. When we got the uh, the call out, we just wanted to make sure that uh, obviously we have our rail movements were nice and flexible, giving the best ground possible. So when there was an opportunity to get a few extra runners, we had a look at the ground, test it. Uh, definitely thought that we could get that there. So we're six metres from the 1,500 to the winning post and just four metres at the remainder. All right, then. Thanks for that, Sean. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Sterling, good morning to you. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Um, how's Sterling Die? How's Sterling Die? How's Calling Die trained on since a really good first up effort? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, no, she she came through that first up run quite well. Uh, she's taken good improvement out of it. A little di- little bit disappointing on the day. She um she was in a bit of a foul mood and she didn't really want to be at the races uh, uh, at Rose Hill last start. So hopefully with that run under her belt now, it's knocked that bit of freshness out of her and uh, you see a, a lot more relaxed cool guy on on tomorrow. So under that 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 those circumstances, I'll get it right eventually. I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. Cool die. Um. Under those circumstances, she's run out of her skin then. Yeah, um, really happy with her at the races. And as soon as we sort of presented the saddle, uh, she'd become really, uh, you know, upset and uptight. And um, she was really difficult to saddle up, which is very unlike her. Uh, we couldn't really pinpoint any reason why. Um, you know, obviously, she's a mare and uh, we thought she might have been in season, but that wasn't the case. Anyhow, like you said, I thought I thought she ran terrific given the circumstances, and uh, like I said, if she can take a bit of natural improvement out of that run, and uh, I think she looks to match particularly well tomorrow, so I think she'll be getting a chance again. So has she ever done that before? You you, you just said that it, she's not like that, but has she done that before in the past? No, no, not at all. So. Okay. Obviously, um, you know, first up on your home track, she she hasn't raced at Rose Hill since the first start in a race. Um, you know, whether it was just a bit too much for her off the one soft trial, uh, that remains to be seen. But like I said, she's never done it before. She's travelled away to Melbourne. She's really good in Melbourne. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the real cool dice shows up tomorrow. We'll move to race number three. Green Shadows has been knocking on the door for a while now. Surely it's uh, Green Shadows Day tomorrow. Yeah, look, he's um, he's he's ultra consistent. He doesn't win out of turn, as 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 you can see by the form guide. But um, he's never far away, and he's just been beat by a couple of better ones. He's he's, he's last year, and a and a couple of the probably got better runs than him on the day. So I, I think he um, he's going to get in a nice spot again. Nice spot again tomorrow. A uh, bit of a worry. Uh, what it goes comes out now, so a bit of speed comes out of the race. But I'm sure he'll be hitting the line well, and, and he won't be far away. Smashing Eagle put the riding on the wall at Ramwick a few starts back, and then got the luck and was so impressive the other day at Rose Hill. In the end, that 
race at Rose Hill worked out perfectly for him. Um, rail out six metres once again at Rose Hill. He probably need a touch of luck, but he's flying at the moment. Yeah, he, he's just in a really, really good groove. Um, he can reel off some blistering sectionals. I think that's probably the third mate in a row. He's probably run the quickest last 600 of the day. Uh, I think if he can get the right set up tomorrow, that looks good speed. If the track's playing a little bit sympathetic, like you said, the rail goes to six. But I think if it's playing a little bit sympathetic and he gets a bit of luck, um, I think he'll be winning again. He's, he's just in super order. He's, he's a bit of a low percentage horse because of his racing pattern. But he, like I said, I think if he gets the right set up, he'll, he'll be very hard to beat. Yeah, he's dead set flying at the moment. What about General Salute? I thought this horse has trolled nicely ahead of his first up assignment as a three-year-old. It's a pretty tough assignment as well on that San Domenico, but um, it looks like he's got plenty of ability. Yeah, he's been a horse that's always shown us good ability. Uh, obviously, he ran a really good third here from a wide gate at his first start in a race. Behind, um, I think one of one of Gay's good ones, and behind one of Kieran Mars Billy Steel City, and then he and then he uh, had a bit of a let up. He won at Warwick Farm, and we put him way with sort of the Golden Rose in mind. Uh, been happy with how he's coming up. Probably would have liked to see him do a little bit more in his trial the other day. Um, I probably drummed it in the Tyler too much that that he was in on Saturday, and I probably would have just liked to see him do a little bit more work the line, but. Can't really fault the form he's in at home and his action. And like I said, he's been a horse that's always shown us nice ability. Um, I'd like to see him finishing the race off well on Saturday and then probably to step up to sort of 12 or 1400 in the next two weeks to four weeks is probably going to be ideal for him. What about a horse like Brosnan, who we see for the first time this prep in the last? Yeah, um, he's come back. He's gelding now. Um, probably still haven't really worked out his. his his pet distance, so to speak, but um, he's been a lot sharper at home, and we've sort of, with that in mind, we'd like to sort of keep him in the 1400 metre range this time in. Uh, he had a pretty soft trial here, but he, he jumped out pretty sharp here on Tuesday, and we're really happy with him. Just where he gets to from the draw, I'm not too sure. He, he can be a little bit sticky out of the gates, but if he can get into a decent stalking position, uh, I expect him to sort of be rattling really good weight. Uh, the 1,200 might just be a touch short for him, but he's in really good order, and um, hopefully he's in for a really good preparation. So you think that, that that operation would have done the trick with him because he's always like been a funny horse to watch where you knew that that he had that ability, but sometimes with his racing pattern, you become a little bit frustrating because some days you'd, you'd go, geez, I need to be on Brosnan next start, and then he probably wouldn't fire as well as you would think that he that he might on his previous he, run, but do you think that that might change now? Well, that, well, that's what we're hoping. He, yeah. he sort of found it hard to maintain consistency in his form. And, um, you know, the ho horse has always had ability. He's never lost that ability. Just hopefully now with that gelding operation, his mind's on the job all the time and we can sort of maintain a bit of consistency about his form so he can get a bit of an idea where he sits and where his best, best range is. Because... Uh, if he ran up to a couple of these, probably his first up run in the Eskimo Prince last time in, and then, you know, he's run behind to Gotcha. If he runs up to anything yeah. like that, um, you know, he's he's, he's going to poke his way through the grades as a gelding now. you got some great chances there tomorrow on your home track. What would be your best? Well, I I think Smashing Eagle, he's just airborne. And like I said, if he can get a bit of luck and a bit of speed up front, uh, he'll be in the line too tough. Good on you, mate. Good luck. Thanks for your time, as always, Sterling. Okay, thanks, guys.
Dan, good morning to you. I tell you what, I was thinking of, uh, thinking of you guys with King Colorado. Uh, probably mixed emotions. He didn't have the best of luck, and who knows what would have happened if he got out a little bit earlier. But then on the flip side of that, you would have been over the moon that he's been able to come back as a three-year-old and proven, I guess, to you guys that he can mix it with the best. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good to chat to you again. And, yeah, no, look, we were pleased. Uh, we are pleased with the run. I think, um, you know, as the stewards report said, the horse basically didn't get any clear running from probably the 400 to the 150. And, and um, you know, Louise Day tried to hook out uh, at around the 400-metre mark and, and, and James McDonald hemmed her back in with Fangirl and, and took that run. And, and Fangirl obviously stormed home to win. And, unfortunately, we uh, we, we sort of got stuck behind backsides. But, um, but look, it was it was pleasing. That was the only his fourth ever race start. He was in a race against, you know, 14 other Group 1 winners. Um, you know, he's only been beaten about two and a half lengths. Uh, and so, you know, that was that was a pretty exciting, you know, return from him. And uh, that was, uh, you know, it was never even intended for him to run in that race, but they sort of threw him in there for a first up run. Um, and, you know, the Golden Rose and then the Caulfield Guineas are the big targets for, for that horse. So, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, the next couple of runs. I'm just having a look at the futures market with Bet365, but especially that Caulfield Guineas because he's a horse he's a horse that's got Caulfield Guineas written all over him. He's, what, $6 behind Militarise at the moment. Step party at $6, V8 at $8. You must be pretty confident going into a Caulfield Guineas. I know it's only the 25th of August, but he looks like he's come up and he might just be a perfect, perfect horse for that race. Yeah, that definitely looks looks the race that's ideal. I think um, in my mind, I always thought the 14 of the Golden Rose might be a little bit short, and he was sort of that's his second up run, and he was hitting the line hard, and and hopefully can run a, a bold race. But um, but you know, I think the 1600 of the Caulfield Guineas is is right down to the ground. That's um that's definitely the key target, and um, the way it's shaping up, that uh, it looks like an ideal assignment. Tomorrow's interesting at Rose Hill. It's always great to see these three-year-olds in action in the early part of the season. We've got the up-and-coming, which is an intriguing contest. And then you've got, of course, the San Domenico. First of all, we just had a chat to Sean Patterson. We're probably – it's a soft five at the moment, but we probably get to a good four. The rail is out to six metres. So do you expect horses on pace there to be the horses with the advantage tomorrow? Yeah, look, we have to see how much the track drives. I think when the rail's out at Fred Rose Hill, there's always um... – there's often a, a favour to both horses uh, on pace, but you know, for me, I think the biggest bias to be aware of it, Rose, is often you know just horses on the fence too. There are some days where if you're not on the fence, you're not in the race. So um, you know, whenever whenever I'm betting at Rose Hill, it's you know watch those first two or three races and really get a, a line on things because um, you know if it's if it's fence on fire, then it's uh, you, you've really got to adjust your betting patterns. Um, but there's other days where the track plays you know very fair and, and, and fantastically well. So we we'll just have to see how, how that all plays out. But, um, you know, if I, was, uh, if I was having to pick it now, I'd say, you know, on pace and, and on fence will probably be the, uh, an advantage on the day. Just quickly, we had a question coming through from one of our listeners. What did you make of last week? Were there any horses that you just wanted to put in your black book there, Dean, from the Wink Stakes meeting or even, of course, the PB Lawrence meeting at Caulfield? Um, oh, there were a lot of really good runs. Um, in the the wing stakes, uh, you, you could just about have black book probably the first nine across the field. I, I thought Montefilia was really really good in her first run for Chris Waller, um, ran the quickest last six hundred in the race and, and absolutely flew home. I 
I have a feeling at Montefilia, you know, over a mile and, and 2,000 metres is actually going to, with Chris Waller training, going to be very, very effective. So I can see it being very good in those races. I think Ossie Penko was another that really yeah. impressed me. I believe he's going to the, the, the uh, Makai Bediva. Correct, yeah. Um, and uh, I saw $15 or something last night there in Futures. I'd, I'd be suggesting people have a look at that because uh, um, he was a really good run and, and a mile at Flemington seems to me able to suit him down to the ground. So I thought they were good runs. I thought um, now we had a couple of winners, Parasal and Charmstone. I thought they were both very impressive. Um, Charmstone was a really good winner at, at Melbourne. I think she can keep winning. And Parasal was just, uh, uh, that filly that was just a winner. Yeah. Um, you know, she was sort of three wide, no cover. Looked gone halfway down the straight um, and, and somehow found something under John Van Overmere to win. Uh, and I said last week, I thought, um, you know, that was a, a group one. Awesome, I still think so. Um, yeah. Just a winner and, you know, got a lot of talent. So definitely one to follow. And Cylinder's mum goes okay because Cylinder, of course, is, a, I mean, Cylinder's um, mum, yeah, goes okay because Paracel is a half to Cylinder. So he's she's mm. been able to breed a few winners. And um, yeah. I think Cylinder, he, he just knows how to win. And I don't think he had everything go his way the other day. So looking forward to seeing what unfolds there in a, in a, in a golden rose, just with Monophilia. I identified her after that first trial with Chris Waller. Um, but I've just been trying to work out what race is, is for her. Like she, she might run into some smart ones in a Cox plate, but a wait for age 2000 meter race, maybe a Turnbull or something down at Flemington. That could be her race this prep. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, it's hard these days, Karis. You know, in the past, it was quite easy to map out a, a, a plan for horses or know where they're going to go. But there's just there's just so much great racing in both Melbourne and Sydney now that they've got so many options. You know, they, do they go down the Epsom path? You got this King Charles race that's worth five million. Yeah. Um, you know, then a Cox Place, and then you know some the four year olds can go to a Golden Eagle, and you know, there's a Mackay Bediva, the Turnbull, the Underwood. There's, there's so many options that. Um, it's almost impossible in regards to you know futures betting to really do anything with some of the information because you just have no idea if they're going to go down the Melbourne path or the um, or the Sydney path. But like I said, I, I've always felt Montefilia was not really a 2400 meter horse, and obviously yeah. you know David tried to even run him in a Melbourne Cup, but I've just you know and she, she's, she obviously just won a Metropolitan and sort of ran fourth in the Caulfield Cup, but I just I think that she's really um, you know come back. Um, you know, just a bit fresher under Chris Waller, and I, I can just see her winning a, a mile group one or a two thousand meter group one, whether it's a, you know, a Turnbull or an Underwood, or okay. um, you know, even like a, a King Charles. I, I think she's up to to winning races. Um, you know, of that ilk. All right, then let's try and find a few winners tomorrow at Rose Hill and the San Domenico. Looking forward to this contest. Cornish has had some good backing. He's in a four eighty now for James Cummings and Nashville Wheeler. Barber probably won't start because of the gate. He's at eleven dollars. Libertad's at seven dollars. The instructor at five. Introducing at seven fifty, and then we go down to a fascinating horse, the Full to Sunlight Kandinsky Abstract, at six dollars. How do you read this race? Even a horse at a big price for mine is untouchable. Legend. He's been unlucky, but he finally draws the gate, and you nearly had to see to believe he's run the other day. I know it was midweek company, but it was a huge effort. Um, this is a good race. Yeah, it is a good race. I think. Um... Um, how the track's playing is going to make a big bearing on this, Gareth. You've got, you know, introducing the instructor and Firestar that all have a lot of speed and therefore, you know, expecting a pretty strong strong speed. You then probably got the likes of Corniche and General Salute and Cam Dix, 
Kempinski abstract that you know sort of settle uh, thought of midfield and, um, and and they'll be the stalkers. Um, uh, you know, Corniche is, is definitely a horse that um, you know I think maps pretty well sort of in fourth, just behind that that really strong speed drawn in six. So uh, you know should get a nice run. Um, beat Shinzo uh, last prep, and Shinzo obviously then went on to win the the Pago Pago and the Golden Slipper. Uh, so that's a very, very strong form, and the, and the sectionals of that race was good. Uh, won a Hawkesbury trial under no pressure, and the fifth quickest last 200 um, of the day, plus 3.9 there. And then the second is Zapatero, who's obviously Group 1 uh, mayor, beat home with the dad in a Kensington trial, um, and again was the second quickest last 400 of the day. Um, so I think Corniche has come back really well, um, and uh, and I've got that colt on top, I think, um, introducing... Um, is a horse I've sort of followed uh, since um, you know, his two-year-old year. Um, he uh, he was only beaten, but sort of two lengths by Shinzo last prep. Led him won a couple of 900-meter trials. He'd have his rosebud run where he really stuck on well. Um, and I think uh, you know introducing is is probably the danger to Corniche and, and the horse that you mentioned there, um, Kandinsky Abstract. Uh, you know this is a three million dollar colt. Uh, Zoo Star at a solar charge, which I think makes him a full brother to uh, sunlight. Um, sunlight, yeah, yep. sunlight. So um, uh, his, his Rosal trial um, was very, very good. Ran plus 6.3 for the last 600, um, 15th quickest of the day. He ran down Butch Cassidy, who actually you know, ran some really good sectionals in, in, uh, in his first couple of runs. But I think he just trained off late in the prep Butch Cassidy. But Kandinsky Abstract made the Butch Cassidy look um, look a bit average. You know, he kind of just strode straight past him. So I think uh, you know Kandinsky Abstract certainly won um, you know, to follow over the spring. Uh, it's only his second start here, and he'd drawn a bit wide. So whether this is the race, you know, I'm not so sure. I think I'd, I'd probably rather be backing Corniche, uh, you know, to run down introducing. Um, but but I'll definitely be keeping a real close eye on, on Kandinsky Abstract because I think, um, you know, he's a quality horse. It's a good race. So for these horses going forward, are we looking at these horses being golden <laughs> rose horses in a couple of weeks' time? Um, how do you read this if you want to maybe try and think, from a futures perspective, or do you just wait and see how these 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 gallopers go on Saturday? Yeah, and no, I look. I think you know some of them will be going down that path. It's sort of a natural progression to go from this race to the uh, to the run to the rose, which is usually the primary lead up for the Golden Rose. So um, certainly, I think for some of these horses, um, you know, that's on the cards for me. I think um, probably the two for the Golden Rose I'd be most interested in. I'd say would be uh, Corniche, yeah, um, and probably Kandinsky Abstract. Um, you know, I think he uh, he could be one out of the box. You know, so if he runs a real ripper here, then he'd you know he'd logically go to the run to the rose and then uh, onto the golden rose. So I think for that race, they are the two that I'd be most interested in from a from that perspective. All right, then let's have a look at the up and coming, which is an intriguing race as well. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Botts Galloper is the favourite. It's a solid favourite with Bet three six five. Les Vampire at three dollars eighty on pace and a good winner last start. Then we go down to a horse like a Monwe, the son of Kementari at ten dollars. Cabellus at three forty was unlucky the other day, and Tom Kitten's got to carry weight against these horses at thirteen. And Cafe Millennium's a big price at twenty one dollars. Griff's given an each way hope at ten dollars. How do you read this year's up and coming? Yeah, interesting race. That that, that horse uh, you mentioned there, Les Vampires, um, you know, really going to be benefited, I think, by 
the map. Only, only an average speed here, and I've sort of got uh, uh, Les Vampires and then Monway there, the two that are going to get a pretty soft lead, and then sort of Infatuation sitting behind them. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that maiden at Warwick Farm um, was a really strong maiden that, that uh, Les Vampires won. Um, around the fifth cricket last 200 of the day was actually stronger on the line, um, uh, strongest on the line, and, and, and just ran really good sectionals in overall time. So I think it was a really strong maiden too. It had a horse like Carazana in it who, um, who then won, you know, next start at Kensington, um, and even a horse like Gelatin that's got uh, a fair bit of um, uh, talent as well. Um, and NCAP, who um, is also in this race. And, um, you know, NCAP, I think, is, 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 is it's going to be um, a case of whether whether they can swoop on the day for NCAP because, it, um, you know, uh, he's a back marker and is probably going to settle um, in the back sort of two or three. Um, but a sectional from his two runs, I know they're only maidens, but he ran the second quickest last 600 metres um, first up and then ran the quickest last 600 metres plus 7.6 uh, when second to Lay Vampires. I think that's a really strong maiden, so I actually quite like both Lay Vampires if it's sort of on pace or in cap if they're swooping. Um, the other runner that has been trialling really, really well is uh, Tom Kitten. Yeah. Um, whether this is his race, you know, with 59 kgs, I think if it was set weights, I'd be very, very keen on this horse. Um, but, you know, he, he was the sort of horse that, um, you know, looked like he was just an out-and-out stayer um, as a two-year-old, you know, he, he won the Fernhill coming from last and sort of grabbed him in the last bound, got back in the champagne stakes and ran him off the fourth. But the way he's been trialling is, is really, really strong. His, his um, Hawkesbury trial win, uh, his first appearance this prep, he beat Amur, who uh, was a Group 3 winner over 1,400 as a, as a two-year-old. Amur was really struggling to, to keep up with Tom Kitten and uh, Tom Kitten ran plus 5.6 the last 600 and the quickest last 200 of the day under absolutely no pressure. Um, and then at Rose Hill, he, 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 he trialled and he ran six behind um, King Colorado, but again, he ran the eighth quickest last 200 and just was under no pressure. Uh, he's come back really, really well. Um, and I think if there's sort of a, a smoky for the Golden Rose, um, you know, he might be at or even the Caulfield Guineas because he just, he looks to me, uh, you know, just one of those horses that come back even better, you know, much better than than, than as a two-year-old and um, a lot sharper. So uh, it's a shame he's got the 59, he's got Nash on him. And I think it's sort of $12, um, uh, you know, Tom Kitten's the one that, um, you know, he could surprise him here. I was agreeing with you and I had a chat to James Cummings yesterday. He basically doesn't believe because of the weights he can give a few of those horses weight over that trip. But I asked him what his big grand final would be this prep because I agree with you with the trials. I think he's come back a better horse this time in. And the spring champion stakes is his main aim later on mm. in the carnival on the 28th of October. You can get around, I think, $11 for him at the moment. Um, I think looking at the market there, you've got Miracle Love, Tanhouse, the base is loaded, Celestial Legend. I think he probably nearly starts favourite for mine. I know it's a long way off, but if he performs well, um, I think he might be a bit of a play there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's, um, that's a really nice price, and it's good to know what his target is. Um, I think he's just yeah, he's come back really well, and he did look like a, a talented two-year-old. He clearly was going to uh, you know get over ground. But, um, uh, you know, like I said, you know, if it was a set weights race, I think he could win it. It yeah. might be a bit top of the 59, but I think he's going to run a really, really big race here because he's just trialling like a really nice horse. Do you give Lebertad any chance in San Domenico? Uh, yeah, well, Libertad hasn't, hasn't done much wrong. Um, you know, he, uh, he was very impressive in his debut when he was a two-year-old and then, 
Um, ever since won the kindergarten, second up. Um, he's a funny horse. He doesn't trial all that flash. Um, and so, you know, he didn't really as a, as a two-year-old either. So he's probably just one of those horses that, um, uh, you know, races a lot better than he trials. But um, I've just it's just a bit tricky, I think, with the map with him. You know, he's drawn out 12, um, you know, and I've just got him, you know, struggling to kind of slot in anywhere. So um, so I can't back Libertad because I just don't know where he's going to get on the map. Um, uh, but, um, but he's certainly, a, you know, exciting colt for the future. So we're backing Tom Kitten in the Spring Hill Stakes, Ozapenko in the, the Maccabi Diva. Still $13 there with Bet365. Les Vampires in the up and coming if they're flashing out wide. Um, and Cap, we can save on that galloper. And we're pretty keen on Corniche from the gate there in the San Domenico. That can be our plays, Dino, this weekend. And um, to get all of your experts, full set of tips across the three codes and all of the sport, basically, you can think of just head to Winning Edge Investments. And if you type in SEN, you get a 50% discount for the rest of your life, which is the best if you're ready you're ready back to win it before even the weekend started. Yeah, look, we've had we've had plenty of listeners um, joining up, and, and and we're getting some incredible feedback. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. I think we've got the the best set of analysts you know we've we've ever had in probably our ten years, um, and the results are just uh, you know absolutely remarkable at, at the moment across the board. So you know people are winning, um, they're, they're learning how to bet you know professionally and, and successfully, um, and it's going really well. So you know excited for the spring. Love it, Dino. Good luck this weekend, mate. Thanks, Gareth. Same to you. He's a star. There's Dean Evans. WinningEngineInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the spring racing carnival. Chances are you're about to lose. Chris Nelson joins us. Chris, good morning to you. How do you think the track will play there tomorrow? Good morning, Gareth. Uh, Good morning to everyone. Yeah, look, I think it'll play fair. We've got uh, beautiful weather. We have had all week, so the track will be good. Um, We've got a four-metre rail. That's pretty much a a fair spot at Doombin. Uh, I think they should be able to come from anywhere and win. But look, always at Doombin in the shorter races, it's uh, advantageous to be up near the speed somewhere anyway. It's very hard to come from last and win as a rule, but uh, the tempo obviously proves all important. So so in a nutshell, a fair track, but I'd rather be up on the speed in those shorter races. How do we make some money, mate? Well, we've got one up on the speed in the first race, and that is number one, Devastating, who's had two runs back from a long, long break a second and a first last time out. Now, that first last time out, I think, was entitled to win the race. Uh, he jumped from a good gate, sat up on the speed, and they dawdled in front and dashed away in the straight. Now, he's got gate one. You know he's going to be up in the first couple again. There's a few others here with uh, with decent form, but they've got wide gates, so I'm not sure where they're going to end up. He's going to get the run of the race, whichever way you look at it, and I think he'll be winning again. So race one, Number one, devastating. Just one in that race I was a bit worried about, Gareth, but has been scratched. Number 14, outlawed. Keep it in your black book going forward for Rob Heathcote, wherever it might turn up in the future. Uh, race seven, uh, race six, this is the horse that uh, has been going so well up here. Number seven, Vodka Martini. I think it's a tougher race for him tomorrow. So I wanted a better price, and we've got that better price. I wouldn't be interested in the slightest in taking red figures. He's got to go to 1,200 again. He has one over 1,200. His best form of late's been over the shorter trips. He's going up in the weights. He draws gate one. There is a bit of speed around. So uh, CJ Graham may decide to take a trail this time, but at least you'll have that option. There's others such as Birricart and Shamaton in the market, and they've drawn car park gates. So they're going to either go back or get caught wide. Whichever way you look at it, Vodka Martini will get the good run. He's a horse in form. 
And at the price, I'm happy to back him. So race six, number seven. And race number seven, gee, was an eye-catcher here. Number six, the player. First up from a break at Eagle Farm a couple of weeks ago. This was the race that Miss Cooter won. It was a bit of a blanket finish. There was four of them that went across the line together. Now, the player jumped from a wide gate. He didn't jump well. He was back last. Then he was held up in the straight. And he got to go on at about the 150 or maybe a little bit later than that. The gap sort of appeared. He dashed through the gap and he just missed. Now, had the race have been a further five metres, he wins. He was in front shortly after the line. So he gets an extra 200 metres tomorrow. He's drawn well. Don't want him up on pace. But I think uh, around midfield, no worse, he can win. So race seven, number six, the player. So race one, number one, devastating. Race six, number seven, Vodka Martini. And then we've got the player, race seven, number six, from a staking point of view. How would you play those three horses? I'd have four units on Devastating to win. I'd have four units on Vodka Martini to win. And uh, I'll go the old 3B2 on the player. Three, the win, two, the place, race seven, number six. Beautiful. So what are we getting for um, the player, the place? So it's five. It's about $5. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting about a dollar ninety-five, two dollars. We basically get our money back there. Chris, I enjoy Brisbane tomorrow, mate. Do you have a winner for us today? Uh yes, there was one I didn't mind today. It's called Collet's Spirit, and now I've got to find the race. Sorry. Uh, see which one of us is first. Eh? Collet's Spirit. You'll you'll beat me easily here. I'll beat you. Here we go. Race, race seven, number six, Collet's Spirit at Bow Desert. Nice little run at Doombin last Saturday. Just spotted it making some late ground there. I think it'll run really well. All right, beautiful. What price are we getting for that galloper there? About three sixty. Beautiful. So I have three units on that at three sixty. That'll do us. That'll do us. Three be perfect. That'll right. be perfect, Gareth. Have a wonderful day, mate. Thanks for that. Hello to you, Mitch. You see you heaven. See you in heaven. The best horse in Adelaide. Good morning, Gareth. Uh, yes, I think so. Yep. I said that pre Behemoth Stakes. So I believe. She probably is. I don't think we've seen the best of her yet, so that makes it exciting. I'm not sure. Did you see an article on Racing.com last night? Richard Jolly was saying he's excited to see how she might stack up against um, Amelia's Jewel if they meet in the what's the race they're going to go to together? No, that's a low, Melbourne. Yeah. That yes, yeah, yeah. So that could be exciting just to see how she does stack up. We had a chat to him yesterday on on Getting Up Stable Mail, and he was bullish about her chances, of course, tomorrow. But they do go the Let's Elope, and then. I think the Empire Rose over the mile there at Flemington will be her main aim. But what a horse she's been, basically. She won that that uh, two-year-old sprint during the Flemington Carnival as a two-year-old, of course. And then she went on to some great deeds as a three-year-old. And watching her in the behemoth, it looks like she's come back bigger and better. And she looks hard, mighty hard to beat there tomorrow. Is she in your staking plan, mate? Yeah. So as it stands, we'll, we'll flip right to Ace. Race eight, then I suppose she's going to be my best bet of the day at her current price. I'm just double checking exactly what she was last I checked. Yeah, so if it's got a two in front of it, I'm probably happy to have a bet. <clears throat> I'm not <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I'm not usually one to play for the shorts, but she's not a horse that generally they say generally goes well early in her prep. She's been rolled a couple of times, um, so for her to come out and do what she did in the Behemoth Stakes first up. I think there's only going to be some natural improvement to come out of her, and she meets quite a similar field. So I think she's a very, like we're talking about, there's not much more you can say about her. I think she's a smart type, and I think she gets a good run. She still gets in well at the weight, so I think it's hers to lose. So see you in heaven, race eight, number 14. What 
would you be putting on her with our staking plan there at that? We'll have five. We'll All have right, five. Harris, five. I, I yeah. reckon that's, I'm unleashing my first five from to you. And All right, then. Thank you, Mitchie boy. What else are we doing? All right, so we're going to go to race three. Now, if, if the phone's cut out here, it might just be Jacko hanging up on me because I'm not going to talk about Oracle Sun in the oh, race. Okay. But but that's not, not necessarily to say we're going to take Oracle Sun on. We're going to play Color Dream as our each-way play of the day. I'm thinking Caledream more heavy the place, but um, so the race map's interesting in this race. You've got Jean Valjean and Prouncing Queen, who are your fancy runners, but they're both going to be right out the back, which concerns me a little bit. It's been made slightly easier for them this morning with Port Albert going out, but Caledream looks like she's probably just going to lead them up. Yep. Is that um, yep. Caledream? No, you're right, Mitch. You got about you got 30 seconds left, and we'll come back and continue on our chat after the news. Uh, Caledream Park, Norfolkville Park track specialist. Three starts, two wins in a second track and trip. I think she'll be in for a long way to play. All right, then. So, what are we doing from a staking plan then? We're going to have one to win, three to play. All right, then. Love your work. Hey, don't go anywhere. Get yourself a cup of tea. We'll take the news. Jackson France, of course, is our producer. He's got a part share in Oracle's son that he says that can't win in that third race in Adelaide. On this Friday morning, Mitchie Lewis is on the other end of the line, the boy from Mount Gambier, and he has tipped to see you in heaven. This is the first time he's had five units on a horse, and he's having five units on this superstar mare at $2 with Bet365, and then Color Dream each way, race three, number one, a one-by-three play. At nine dollars and two sixty, Mitchie, what else are we doing there on that card in Adelaide? Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, and just just on Caledream there, Gareth. Sorry about that. It, it can be a little bit hard to hear on the phones that time, so I sort of dropped the bundle. That's I all right, mate. Like I forecast, Jacko was hanging up on me, so yeah. um, there we go. Anyway, but, <laughs> so um, so Jacko, yeah, just to, just to explain, Jackson France, our producer, he's become he's become a, a bigger owner than Jerry. Jerry Harvey these days, uh, especially in South Australia. So he's got Oracle Sun each way, and he's told us that it can't win from the draw at 6.50 and 2.10. So we can put a line through Oracle that galloper. Dream, I think Oracle Dream can go closer than Jacko's giving him credit. I think your two dangers are going to be right out the back in that race. And with Port Albert coming out, Caledream Dream will get a soft lead, and I think Oracle Sun gets his chance to find a position from the wide barrier. So... He can do a few things wrong, but if he's switched on, he'll go close. But we'll move on. I've be careful. Be it. Just be careful, Jacko. You'll be in the gun if this horse wins and you try to tell us that it can't win. So there you go, Mitchie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Play um, Race six, number five, Clarence for David Jolly. So he's a lightly race gelding. Uh, he's the last start winner and he won, when he won his maiden at Balaclava. Now, there was only three runners in that Balaclava race, so... You could look past it as a form reference, but how he did it was what was impressive. He, he just coasted up and sort of ran away from him by three lengths. He beat a horse called Soams, uh, who came out and won nicely on Wednesday at Murray Bridge. So the form's come out of that Balaclava race. Clarence maps really well here from Barrier 6. So I've mapped this one to have a lot of tempo up front. I think he's going to settle just behind that lead. And if they go like cut snakes up front, uh, it's going to give him an opportunity to be able to find the middle of the track and run past them, I think. So... Clarence, we're probably going to have two units on him. So two units there around 3.2. Are they the only three horses you're playing in Adelaide? 
Yeah, they're my three at Adelaide this week. I'm, if I'm looking at both tracks I play at, I'm a little bit keener to be at Mooney Valley this week. So Mooney Valley, Tony Salisbury joined us at the top of the show. He said that it'll probably play similar to it did when the rail was in the true. So the rail's out four metres, but he believes maybe the inside could be the place to be once again. So lanes one to four, and I think outside of those lanes, you're in a little bit of trouble. And he's pretty good I with his assessment, the- Tony. So... Um, I think you need to take that on board. Punters and also a few of the jockeys can take that on board as well. I I agree. The one caveat I've got on that is if it rains. So I yep. tend to find if it's a little bit wet, that in those inside lanes um, go off. So if we're on a good three to four, I think rails run fast track. Uh, if there's a little bit of rain around and we're at the soft track, I'm looking at lanes three and four, if that makes sense. Yeah, what about, yeah, it does make sense, mate. What are we doing then at the Valley from a staking plan point of view? Uh, we're going to start in race three. We like Rob Rick for the Price Kent team. He, map, he profiles as a horse that's really going to appreciate the barrier, uh, barrier track. He's out of barrier four. I'm expecting him to settle behind the leader who's probably going to be and Bissarol, um, he'll get a soft run in there. And he was impressive last start at Flemington winning nicely. So I think he'll appreciate this track. We're going to have three units on him. Beautiful at 2.6. What else are we doing? We'll go to race four, uh, number seven, Hennessy Lads. So for the Moody Coleman's. Uh, went close to winning last start at Flemington behind Braden Starr. He drops back down in grade today from an 84 to a 78. So I think he's well-placed here. Matt's nicely from barrier three. I think he'll get the suck run. I think he'll be able to find the ideal lanes, whether or not they have to be the inside or three and four. And I'm expecting him to find his peak fitness for this prep here today. So how many units there at $2.80? You will do the same. We'll have three. Beautiful. And you got one more for us at the Valley? Yeah, we're going to keep our eyes on race nine, number seven, St. Lawrence. I just think St. Lawrence is progressive enough that he should be winning here. I think he gets a really nice map. Uh, I just wanted him to hold around that sort of $2 price. So I think he's just below that now. But if we're getting $2, I think we'll play him at four units. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I'm expecting him to just continue here. He won't know himself with the weight off his back today. I think it's, what's he got on his back today? 53 kilos rather than the 61 he carried last start. I'm expecting him to really fly down the outside. Love it, mate. So I also mentioned one thing as yes. well, Gareth. I'm yes, not sure... So we're, we're here with Bet365. I was rolling through the odds this morning and I noticed, I'm not sure if everybody gets these Bet Boost doubles. Yes, we There's do. a really nice one in race nine and 10. Deny Knowledge and Maximilius both to place. They're offering me $4.62. I'm not sure if everybody else gets that. 100%. That's a really good bet. I've got it on my my um screen at, at the moment as well. So the Bet Boost double, Deny Knowledge into Maximilius, $4.62. Should we have two units on that, Gareth? Yep. Can we write that down Yes, somehow? you can. I love it. Um, so that's Mooney Valley. What races are they in? Races 9 and 10. And uh, Deny Knowledge Maximilius, $4.62. And we will have the two units there. At that double there for the place on those two gallopers. You're a star, Mitchie. Formguidebreakdowns.com.au to get all of your information for the Adelaide and also... Melbourne meeting each and every weekend, or you can just follow yourself on Twitter at Mitch Lewis 101. Yeah, that's correct, mate. All of the stuff's always up there and for free if anyone's interested. We love to get it out there and share it. So thanks for that, mate. I'll, um, you have a good weekend and I'll speak to you soon. So let's catch up with the beatenfavourite.com and the great tip-offs, Nicholas Ashman on this Friday. Hello, Nick.
Hello, G. How are you? I'm very well. Um, it's another really good day of racing on a Saturday. Where do you want to start with your Saturday preview? Well, we'll go up with to uh, Rose Hill Gardens. It's a lovely sunny day in Sydney currently. It's been really good weather all week. Uh, we had a little bit of rain actually on Tuesday, I think it was. Uh, but as typical, Sydney just came, dumped on us and then left us. Uh, the rail is out six metres uh, for most of the course. It, it is out four metres until the 1500. And then from there, it's out six to the winning post. Uh, information is that it should still be a little bit on speed, but apparently there's a little bit more moisture than there normally is uh, towards the inside when the rail's out six metres. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, feature event, well, there's two, the San Domenico Stakes and the Up and Coming Stakes. Just because it's in race book order, let's start with race seven, which is the up and coming stakes, often a, a lead up to the Golden Rose in a few weeks' time. Uh, Gay Waterhouse has got the favourite, Le Vampire, or that's how Darren Flindell pronounces it. I had been calling it Les Vampire, so there's my Aussie touch on it. Um, yes. This horse is really good. Uh, beaten as an odds on favourite, long odds on favourite, in one of the highest rating. Uh, two-year-old maidens at Canterbury last season. That was won by Mural Crown and Magic was second. It was beaten as a $1.55 pop there. Goes to Warwick Farm last time out and wins and wins pretty comfortably. Uh, I would say that the step up to 1,300 metres won't be an issue. Uh, Bred to probably get over a fraction further up to sort of 1,400. There's a tip around and has been for a few weeks now that this horse will be a legitimate chance in the Golden Rose. And I think just with that race fitness and putting himself on speed, some of these other horses, more sort of better performed gallopers like Tom Kitten and Cafe Millennium, they, uh, they might need the run, whereas uh, Le Vampire will be right on it. Uh, in that same race, there's a couple other horses to keep an eye out for. One of them is the Three Caballus, yes. who uh, is hard in the market as well. It was beaten as an even money favourite last start by Kintai, but did have some excuses. It was a good winner before that, beating Estriella from the Mar Eustace camp. J-Max in the saddle. The key for this horse is it drops from 58 to 54 and a half on Saturday, and I think that'll spark serious improvement. Um, the other two is the stablemate for Cabalas, which is Tuta La Vita. Uh, you might remember she had that big booming finish on her, but didn't have much luck in her debut prep. She rounded it out with a victory over 1,400 metres. And uh, she's only had 69 days between runs, Gareth, and a few of these sort of other horses are resuming from more t traditional spells of 100 days or more. So she brings a bit of residual fitness. She's a daughter of the Autumn Sun, who, of course, was, uh, I think, either a winner of this race and then, of course, the Golden Rose before going on to uh, the Caulfield Guineas. Uh, she's got a big turn of foot late in the piece, so she's the one that's going to be charging at the line. And then just one of double figures, number six, okay. Ducasse, a really interesting runner, this one. Uh, Michael Friedman puts the polish on this uh, son of trapeze artist. He ran in a pretty high rating uh, two-year-old handicap. So for all the non-black type two-year-old races at Sydney Metro last season, I think this ranked second or third. It was a really high rating race, but it was on a heavy eight. So it wasn't much of a guide to a dry track. But such was the, uh, you know, the, the class of that race that he went straight from it to a group two and started $6 in it up at Doombin the Champagne Classic. He was three wide, no cover the whole way and was beaten about one and three quarter lengths in seventh behind Sofrado. He's had two trials ahead of his return here. He went a bit deeper into his autumn preparation racing in uh, May. I'd keep an eye on the flux. Uh, Chad Schofield booked barrier one, $12 in a race where there does look to be a little bit of go forward speed. And I think Le Vampire won't want to loaf along. Timmy Clark yep. will make it a true test. 
uh, a horse like Ducasse, um, if he's just as capable on top of the ground, he'll sneak runs along the inside and peel off their backs over the last sort of 50, 80 metres. So, Les Van Pies, Les Van Piers. I loved how we've probably mispronounced this horse five times in the last 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> Let's go Les Van Pies. Yeah, Les Van Pies. $3.80 at the oh, moment with Bet365. So, he's your main play. I've got I've got one for you, Nicholas. You can tell your beatenfavourite.com yeah. uh, listenership yeah. and viewership. I think you should have something on, on Tom Kitten for the spring stakes mm-hmm. a little later on spring in the spring. Yep. What price is he there? Oh, about $13 I can get. $13. Okay, I'm putting it down now. When we do our article later on, we'll mention yep. that Gareth Hall is tipping Tom Kitten. Quite giddy there up. There you go. We you like can. a future yeah. play. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. That would be good. I need giddy all up. the publicity that I can get. What else are we doing? This, the San Domenico, well, brother. <laughs> the San Domenico, you've made a name for yourself for many, many years. Yes. Out of the years, G, so uh, <laughs> you'll have no trouble getting on people's lips. Hey, the San Domenico, speaking of races with pace, this has yes. got pace to burn. A, new, a number of horses that will go forward. Gay's got three in the race. Peter and Paul Snowden have the horse called Firestar. It's had one start for one win. I, I, I I challenge you to go and look at it and look at a more dominant victory from the front. Uh, not tipping it, but it's going to ensure a huge amount of pace in the race. The key to this is finding fit horses that can get a rail-hugging ride, I think, anyway. Now, fit horses is hard to tell um, by looking at trials because they don't overdo them. The market will be your best guide for the horses that are resuming as to how fit they are. Uh, in terms of rails and run, or, or, or an economical run in transit. That's your speed map and barriers. I think the horse that pretty much ticks all the boxes is the five introducing for Gay and Adrian. Tim Clark takes the ride. This horse was pretty good first up in the Rosebud, running second to Tiz Invincible. The instructor was third. Uh, I thought its two trials coming into this preparation were good. It was good even in its debut prep. It was only 1.8 lengths off Shinzo in a Pago Pago. Of course, Shinzo backed up a week later and won the Golden Slipper. It's the right kind of horse. I reckon they've given this horse a nice blowout in the Rosebud with the intention of trying to win the San Domenico second up from Spell. Maps to either sit on speed or sit one out, one back. Either way, it's a good position to be at Rose Hill on Saturday. So race eight, number five, introducing it around the $7 mark. So Timmy Clark, he'll lead. The instructors sit outside of him. And they were probably a little bit critical that they went too slow on those two horses the other day in the Rosebud. So it'll be interesting to see what temper they do go with those Waterhouse and Bot Train Gallopers. Do you give Kandinsky Abstract a, a hope in that race there, Nicholas? Yeah, I wanted to back it, Gareth. and I, I You should. I, I, I'm telling you, you should back run. it. My mail yeah, is well, it's I'm a just... jet. Well, it could, you could be right. The, the times out of that debut run were really good. Slick late splits suggesting that there was a lot more to come from this galloper. That was at the start of May. Chris Waller loves taking two-year-olds up to Queensland for a winter carnival. He resisted the opportunity with this colt, and he's kept him for the spring, and that probably tells you a bit. The problem is barrier 11. Uh, the 1,100-metre start, the, it's a shoot on the inside part of the track. So unlike Caulfield down where you are, where yep. it's a very soft cambered turn into the home straight. This is almost like a hairpin into the straight. And you've only got about 250 metres before you start turning. So those wide gates, unless you're bustled out of the barriers, you're often in quite a long way back and your chances diminish from winning. But you could be right. He might be just too good for him, Kandinsky. What else are we doing, mate? Do you like anything around right. the country tomorrow? 
Yeah, let's head down. So the feature at uh, the Valley, and I heard what you guys were talking about the track just a few moments ago, that, uh, look, the information is it will still be a bit on speed. It won't be as savage as it was, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, but it probably won't be as conducive to back mark as it, as it was last time we raced. It will be somewhere in the middle. So that's in the feature itself, which is race eight, the Carline Stakes, just want to make the point here. It's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar race. Oh, sorry, hundred and seventy five thousand dollar race, and every other race in the car just about worth one hundred and fifty. It's, it's almost no incentive to have a crack at listed races anymore, is it? Particularly well, if you've got a horse. That's, that's been my argument all the time with the means test. Just get rid of listed racing. There's no point anymore. Well, it, in races like this, it's, yeah, it just anyway, it's just it's hammering horses handicaps. And it's no good for owners who have to pay the bills. Anyway, that's an argument. Well, just make day. them $200,000 races or make those benchmark races lesser. You should reward the the, the, the better horses. And, um, yeah, I think it's just the case that I don't, I don't see it. It just defies the purpose of racing in the best races. <laughs> Mate, well, here's one for you. I've never been able to work out. Smarter people probably have a better answer to this. But why is a benchmark 64 on a Wednesday afternoon at Sandown or Canterbury, wherever, worth the same as the benchmark 70? The benchmark 70 should be worth a bit more. Your horses had to win a 64 to get there. Yeah, 100%. So and it's harder to win another race as well once you go up. Well, keep going group up. Group 1s are worth more than Group 2s. Group 2s yeah. are worth more than Group 3s. Group 3s are worth more than Mr. Races. So why is a benchmark 78 worth the same as a 64? Makes no sense. Um, anyway, I digress. Hey, uh, the horse to have a look at here in terms of fluctuations at, at a bit of a price early is number 6 Express Pass. He's first up off a long break, but he's got ability and he handles the valley. Uh, he's going to get back in a race where there's a ton of speed in it. I mean, you've got Omni Man who'll go forward, hypothetical. Shani knows one way. Uh, and Snapper, he's a valley specialist who likes to have his ears scrubbed off in the run. You're going to get abundance of speed on here. You're going to need a horse that's wound up, ready to go. I don't know if he will be, but he's been placed seven from eight, first up from the spell. He's finishing the Quinella in two of his three runs here at the valley. And... Um, I just thought, look, first up, he might be worth his little spec. I'll have something on him at the 26 bucks, And if he sort of trims up in the markets with him on race day and he sort of firms in the 15, 16, I'll go again. Omni-Man's the horse to beat. There's no doubt about it. But he's had a long preparation. He's had a few hard runs this prep. At some point, at some point, he'll train off. I'm not saying it'll be tomorrow, but at some point he will. Uh, I thought Express Pass was worthy of a bet. Also in that race, uh, Acro Montula. Craig yeah. Williams in the saddle generation. There's a host of them there. It's a tricky event. So I've got a roughie for you. I've got yep. a long shot. It's $150 to $1. Here we go. Uh, Get ready for this TikTok to just to go off here. Huey Fitzpatrick. You want to hear the, you want he, to hear the he, worst party? He loves this. I, I, I put the bet on at $126.31 to place, thinking, how smart am I? And Please. within about 10 minutes, they wound it out to 100 30s and 34 okay, to place. That's so a little bit more on the place at 34s. If you if you win you get the, you get guaranteed best price, mate. So don't worry. Okay, there you go. Odds protector. Race five, race five, number fourteen, Swelter Magic. Now she's an enigmatic mare to say the least. She can she can put in a really bold front running run, and then an absolute stinker. And more often than not, it's an absolute stinker. But her career peak performance, and granted, I've got to go back to January 2022, which is now getting a fair way back, was over this track and distance on Saturday. Moody Valley, 2,500 metres on a good surface. She's never won on anything other than a good surface. Okay. And 10 of her 30 starts have been on a rain-affected track, which she just doesn't handle. She's had one minor placing. 
she's probably one grade too high for what she likes, benchmark 78. She's more effective in the benchmark 70s. But she's going to go to the front and she's going to roll along. And after Tatum Bull's claim, she's going to have 51 kilos on her back. She's fourth up from a spell and she's won fourth up previously. She's coming off a slightly improved performance at sale last time out. Yes, an easier race, but a slightly improved performance on a soft five track. She'll get onto that good four, good three track on Saturday afternoon. Her only other run, other than that one I just spoke about at the Valley, she pulled up lane. She could be a Valley specialist. She might be one of those horses that really handles the cambers. And uh, I just think at $151 or thereabouts, you've got to have something small each way on her. What price are we getting? Smell to magic, $126 and $7.50 with Bet365. But in saying that, I was running three and a half Ks three years ago. And now I'm doing four and a half. But sometimes when I go around the lake, I can excel. That if I was a, if I was a horse, Albert Park Lake would be my go-to track. If you know what I mean. Every so, yours, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you never yeah, know. I, know I, I might have a dollar each way right now. Swell to magic. You've got to have something on now. We've got a, a roughy, a long shot for Rose Hill as well. That'll be online at thebeatenfavorite.com by 5 p.m. today. Oh, beautiful. I'm just waiting for You're our teasing us. information to come I love through. it. Yeah, it's the first time I've been for a while, isn't it? No, you should. I've done a terrible job promoting my business on this show each week. I thought I might try and get it right this week. So um, you're dropping a roughie at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock this afternoon. It'll be online by 5 o'clock. Yeah. And um, just waiting for the official track walk information to come through, which should come through uh, in the next couple of hours. So we go beatenfavourite.com. That's how we go. No AU, just .com. Beautiful. Just dot com. We're dot com. We've got a story up there now. Mick Price uh, and Kent Junior. They've been the form team down yes. there. We just put an article online this morning. Uh, they're striking at twenty percent, thirteen percent ROI or fourteen percent ROI for the last month. They go okay at the Valley, and they go particularly well with Zara and Jamie Carr aboard their horses. And I note Zara's on Robrick, who I think the gentleman you just had on before me, Mitchie Lewis, was yes. tipping. Yeah, Mitchie Lewis and uh, Jamie rides uh, race nine, number 11, French Emperor. So uh, maybe something new for you. You're a good man, Nicholas Ashman. Have a wonderful day. I try my best. Thank you, G. It's Friday morning, 9.29. Get your pens out because one of the very best in the business, the young guns. Benny leads the way and then he's got his two younger brothers, JD and Will, behind him. But they're flying at the moment, Lindsay Park. And Benny's a busy man today with the jump outs this morning at Flemington, so we'll run through his runners. Ben, thanks for your time, mate. No problem. Um, Om Shelby, mate. Um, did you expect Om Shelby to do what Om Shelby did there first up? Because his second up record's pretty good as well. Yeah, we're really happy with the way he trialled, but it was what you we thought he'd run well, but it was a pleasant surprise to see him run as well as he did first up. So it's, it was a bonus, and um, I loved the way he hit the line, and uh, he looks like he's improved out of it. So I think uh, he's a nice chance in race four. Croatian Bell and uh, Coast Princess represent your stable in the Phillies race, which is race number six on the program. We'll start with Croatian Bell. Are you happy with her this time, how she's come back? Yeah, we are, actually. Um, we tried to get her up and run in the Magic Millions, and things didn't work out. She draw, drew inside, had horses around her and got a bit aggressive and... Um, so we've given her time. Uh, this time in, she looks like she's trolled up well. Uh, she's a very fast horse. And unfortunately, there's not many three-year-old 1,000-metre races um, around at the moment. So we're kicking off over 12, uh, but she gets in nicely. Uh, we've got Jamie Carabor, which I think is a bonus. Jamie rode her beautifully to win at the track and distance, um, uh, at the track 
um, when she rode her last. And Barry Five, I think we might to get a nice run. So I think she's a nice each way chance in a very open race. Can Coast Princess overcome a terrible gate? I think we've got to scratch yeah. and wait another day. She might be running um, the following Wednesday, um, but uh, we'll probably scratch later today. Could I have a conversation with the rest of the team. All right, then what about Conquer in that last race or the second last race there at the Valley? Um, he's a each-way chance. It's a very competitive race. Um, we are going up in class but down in weight. Uh, he's drawn a little bit tricky, but if he gets the right run, uh, he might be one you keep in your top four. All right, then what about Deep Blast? Was a winner last start, heads to Adelaide on Saturday in the third? Yeah, he's um, he's found a nice race, but um, he is up in class slightly, and I think there's a couple that have come over from Melbourne as well, which look very fast. Um, Matthew Ellison's horse, I think, has good ability to beat one of ours, who we have a high opinion of, so... Um, I think it's a good top three chance. And Ballinger loves Adelaide and he heads back there first up in race seven. Sure does. Uh, we're planning to run him first up last week at Caulfield. Uh, he just draw Awkward Gate and Matt to get a bad run. And with his record in Adelaide, we thought this would be more suitable. So I think he's gone particularly well and he's probably our uh, best chance in Adelaide. All right then. Now, I've had a few whispers around Lindsay Park and they've been talking up a horse by the name of Shiva for quite some time and forget <laughs> her, forget that she went around the other day at Mooney Valley because even um, Usain Bolt couldn't win off the off the rail there. Um, is Shiva as good as I'm hearing, Benny, and should we back her today in race four there at Geelong? Well, the stables always had a healthy opinion of her um, and I think you're correct. The Valley that day was the first day they raced there. Mad leaders track and she probably made three different runs and didn't have the best run in transit. So I think we've drawn better. Um, we've come into five. Uh, I think she maps to get a nice run and hopefully we can see the Shiva that we see at home. Uh, but if, if we see the, the right Shiva, she should be winning easy. Yeah, um, and I love to jump outs as well. Is she your best there at Geelong? Yeah. She'd All be right. the best. Um, yep, she's the best at Geelong. All right. Did you get? Did Jada get the $15 or not? Someone <laughs> not did. Sure. It went about when... Someone did. That yeah, about <laughs> 0.5 a second it went, I think, um, <laughs> once the markets were up. Hey, Benny, we appreciate your time, mate. How's Brightside just quickly? Fantastic. Come yep. through the run really well. And he's full steam ahead to the Menzies. All right. Can't wait for that race. I wish I win at Alligator Blood. A, an early spring treat for us racing lovers. Thanks for that, Ben. Should be good fun. DeanWatling.com, and he joins us now. Good day, Dino. Morning, Gareth, and morning to listeners. What did Benny have to say about Shiva? I mean, he said he said that she should be winning, basically, if she oh, produces the form that he's seen at home and on the trials as well. Yeah, it's a good it was, race. It was uh, a mighty run the other day under the circumstances when you think about it. Like, made three and four runs, dragged back to last, then went four and five wide on quicksand there at the Valley. It was a big effort, I thought. Yeah, and I don't think the bookies watch that replay because they put up $15 nice and early, which we missed. But I think around that $4 price, whatever it is now, um, I'm keen to dabble into that as well. So hopefully Benny and JD and Will now are all on board and get Shiva home for us. Well, it's impossible to get the $15. It lasted a half a second, really. <laughs> they should have a rule that you've got to have it out up for at least five minutes. But yeah, I like that. The problem is you just don't know when they're coming up, do you? Really? Well, that's it. I'd love to see a, a rule put in that uh, all bookies have to be up by a certain price or certain time, sorry, and then we can all sit there at our computers and wait patiently and snipe them off. But, um, nah, 
good. We, we don't have to worry with Bet365 because we've got the odds protected, mate. Um, what, are we doing, well, what are we doing at Rose Hill on a Saturday? Yeah, it's a little bit of an in-between week this week. Obviously, we had a, the Wink Stakes and a couple of nice races last week. And this week, we've only really got the San Domenico and up and coming. So, I found a little bit of a tricky car, but the three bets that I do want to play at Rose Hill, uh, rails out six metres, um, dry track. I think it's going to play leaders um, or first four in running. You want to be forward of midfield. I think if you're a back marker, you might be in a little bit of trouble. 11 and 1200 metre races, first four um, in running is key to those chances from the shoot start. So we start off the day, race three, number eight, Marquess, who is mighty impressive in the midweeks there, returning from a throat operation for the James Cummings um, and James McDonald combination. I see Water Goes coming out this morning, goes around today in the Mwoolanbar Cup. So I think that takes a little bit of speed out of the race, which helps Marquess from the inside gate. Should find the rails in run, which I think will be an avenger at Rose Hill. And I think race three and number eight, Marquess can get us off to a good start. Beautiful. So Marquess, race three, number eight. A lot of love coming through from the driver after he tipped us another winner. Um, I can't get him on every week, folks. So stop sending him. We need the driver's mail once again. He's, he's, I think he's under contract with Cadolphin, only one tip per, per week, basically. I, I might try my luck and text him and see what he has to say. Um, but I don't know if he's with Marquess tomorrow, race three, number eight, but we know Dino wears. What else are we doing, Dino? Yeah, well, it's quality over quantity for the driver, but yes. uh, the second bet for mine is race six, number five, best bet of the day, Call Die. She's really good, fresh, off a one soft 900-metre trial. The day at Rosehill, you didn't actually want to be up on speed or outside the leader, so I'm always very forgiving on horses who are first up and they sit outside the leader. Stripped fitter, second up last prep. She was only a length or two off the Group 1 winning Royal Merchant. That reads superbly for this race. And I think the cherry on top is Nasharilla going in the saddle here. He's riding really well at the moment. He's hungry. And I think from gate seven, um, Cool Dye should get a beautiful run in transit. So best bet of the day for me, race six, number five, Cool Dye. Interesting. Talking to Sterling Alessio this morning about Cool Dye. He said that she was just off her head, basically. Once she was shown the saddle, went, once they went to saddle her up and... She's never been like that. She just didn't want to be part of it. So under those circumstances, her run was extraordinary, really. So hopefully she doesn't do that again. But it's a tough game for us us, uh, us punters because I think if you were on Cool Die the other day first up, but a lot can go wrong, um, basically, from saddling up to when they get out to the gate. So um, that's why I think we need to have more interviews, four or five interviews on track while well, they're in the mounting yard, so we can get information like that and it can be tweeted out. Um, but um, he was excellent today with that, that information, Sterling. What else have we got there, Dino? Yeah, we ran out the day in the up-and-coming stakes, race seven, number three, Cabulas. I think it's a two-horse race if you really break it down between Cabulas and uh, less vampires down the bottom of the page. I think just think Cabulas should get the run of the race in the 1-1 one, one here. I think James would be hungry after last part where... Probably should have won if he gets up heels uh, a lot earlier. And I think 3,000 metres is the right trip now. Um, James wrote a, a treble there at Gosford, so he's in good form. We know that. I think we're getting a juicy price. SP to ninety last start. I think this is obviously a little bit of a step up in grade, but I don't think it's as big a step up to warrant this horse being 3.30. I think it starts sub $3. So we ran out um, the Rose Hill meeting with race seven, number three, Cabula. What about a staking player, mate? What would you be doing there? Yeah, second plan. I think um, we start with race three, number eight, Marquess. Um, I think we can have three units on Marquess. Race six, 
number five, best bet of the day, Call Die. I think we can have three units on her. Yes. And then race seven, number three, I think we can have two units on Cabulas. Beautiful, Dino. Enjoy your weekend and look after that league and good luck today. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There's Dean Watling. It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold go, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. So recapping, Dean's plays there at Rose Hill. Race three, number eight, Marquez for Cadolphin. Three units at 220. Race six, number five, Cool Die. Three units at 320. And Calibus, race seven, number three, two units at 3.4. It is no surprise that wherever the blue and gold goes, Success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. So let's catch up with our WA experts, Riley Morgan, first of all. And Rebel Dane, statistics don't lie, upgrade your mare to that wonderful stallion. Kicking goals now at uh, Widden. Now, Rebel Dane, of course, was the sire of that champion, Philly Fireburn. Now, um, Riley Morgan, good morning to you. What are we doing from a punning perspective there at Belmont tomorrow? Good morning, Gareth. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting little card out there at Belmont tomorrow. I don't think there's a great deal of value on the program, but I do think there are a number of horses that are, I guess, very well placed to, to be winning there tomorrow. We'll kick off in race number one, and there's been a few key scratchings to this race for the three-year-olds tomorrow. So the price has sort of gone off a fair bit, obviously, with some of those scratchings in the race, particularly the top weight. But race one, number two, Hymns of Ella Dead, around that sort of, $2.10, $2.15 mark. Looks an easy bet to have for me in the opening race. And I just think this horse is, will keep on winning. He's made a terrific start to his racing career, having taken out a, a three-year-old maiden and a class one. Stepping into Saturday, three-year-old company here in the small field and the form around him just stacks up as well. You've got former around Flash Max, who went and put a third win in a row there midweek on Wednesday. Miss Ava's a nice horse who's also going places. He's got tactical speed and can likely kick through to lead from the inside. And with first look at that fresh inside pad tomorrow, Gareth, I think in the opening event, he'll be very hard to run down in the opening race. So race one, number two, Hymns of Dare to kick off the day as our first play of the program. How many units at that $2 quote? We're going to go two and a half units there, Gareth. Beautiful. Uh, you had a winning day on Wednesday again. So what else are we doing, mate? We'll have two units here in race four, number six, changing guard and around that $4.40 quote. Now, this is a horse who just keeps winning at the moment and I don't see any reason why we should be hopping off him. And I think he's found another very winnable race. He's put three in a line, two in class three company. The last start carrying 59 kilos was parked really deep on the course on a heavy track and it was the, the win of a horse for mine at the peak of his powers given he had no right to win that race and had to endure a bit of a bumping duel at the 800 metres as well. So it was a, the, the win that certainly had plenty of merit. Drops two and a half kilos here, maps to the run of the race, likely on the back of his main danger, who's most likely horse of mine to work across to the breeze there in Pompeii from Barrier 7 with the apprentice on. With his gate speed, they'll roll forward and likely land outside the leader in success play. So I'm confident if he can land in that spot on the back of that horse, he can take the leap here into this sort of company with success. And I think the $4.40 is a nice bet to have there. Race four, number six, changing guard. All right, then have you got another one for us? Yeah, we'll have a couple of late plays to finish the program, Gareth. Race eight in the feature of the idyllic print stakes. I'm with the favourite here, Fanta. 265, maybe not as bullish about Fanta as the other two runners I've previously spoken about. So we'll just have one and a half units here. But it was almost a process of elimination for me, this race, Gareth. He's a horse who, he was the winner of the new market last start. And he was the win that probably a bit understated, the the merit of it. I think it's one of the hardest things to do in racing is when you find the lead 
early in a race, you get taken on mid-race and crossed and have to pick up and not only sprint back past the leader, but also hold off the rest of the chases. So you've given the toe ball up to the leader there as well. So I thought it was a terrific win. And while the weight for age condition certainly changes things a little bit here, he's up to 1,300 metres. He's a multiple winner at 14. And just going through the remainder of this field, there's queries all over the place. You've got Ginger Fly, 1,600 metres, back to 13 off seven days. You've got Comes of Time's got a sticky map. Nero Dio, who I was with last start, Drive track query and 1,300 metres of query despite the weight swing and William Pike going on. But I thought Lackdark gave him an absolute 12 out of 10 last start and he was just a bit plain. So there's a query there for me. And Valor Road first up off over 12 months despite being the class runner of the field. So I guess with those sort of queries around those runners, he's the only one I wanted to be with. And I think that he should bounce the lead from Barry Four and he'll be super hard to run down. All right, then you got one more then. Or is that it? One more in the last, one more in the last. And it's a good race to have as the last race, given the, the inside draw here for Red 53, as by this stage of the day, we can assess whether the fence is the place you want to be or it's no disadvantage or if it's probably not a bet. I'll have if the middle of the track is playing as the place you want to be late in the day. But I think it's a great race for Red 53, backing up off the seven days, dropping weight from a 66 into a, a 72 after being... Clearly one of the runs of the meeting last weekend. Just got a long way back on a day where it was increasingly difficult to make ground and the tempo of that race certainly didn't do him any favours either given it was a real walk and, and dash home. He got home in the quickest last four and 200 metres of that meeting into third and like the fact he's drawn in here and think if William Pike can hold the back of the leader without landing through back defence, he'll get every conceivable chance here. And it's as good as race for him as we've seen this campaign. He's still got his quirks, his horse, and doesn't do everything right. And but he is the upside in the race. And I think if the fence is no disadvantage, and we'll certainly know this by by race nine come Saturday, that he will certainly be hard to beat in the last. So race nine, number eight, red, red fifty three. There, what? How many units on that galloper at the two sixty? We'll go. To, we'll go one and a half units Fanta and two units red fifty three. All right, mate. Good luck. Thanks for your time as always, Riley. And good luck this weekend. Beautiful. Thanks, boys. There's Riley Morgan there. Let's take a quick break. Peter Anthonis will go through his best. Thanks for the mailbag straight after this at Belmont on a Saturday. Okay, welcome back to Giddy Up's Metro Bag of Tips. Let's catch up with Peter Anthonis ahead of Idyllic Prince Day as well there at Belmont. G'day, Pete. Yeah, g'day, Gareth. Are you confident about this meeting? Yeah, look, I, I think there's quite a few horses that find their right race. Uh, I think there's one or two at a, a really nice price at the moment as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a card where we can probably get a little bit out of it. And I'm liking the, the three-metre rail position back on a good Ford deck. It looks like the worst winter's over and light wind. So I think it should be a nice track to be betting on. Take it away with your best bets. Look, race two, I, I can understand why Costa Zita is favourite. It's one-to-one race. It was impressive on debut. It's gone out for a spell, and look, the trial was it was pretty quiet. It was pretty good, but I thought it was maybe a tick better last prep before it won on debut. It beat Kings Wench and Lieutenant Den, uh, Dunbar. Now, look, the, the latter of those just won its maiden at Northam, and you've got a horse in this field called Collective, which has just narrowly gone down to Changing Guard, and the start before ran second to Flash Max. Um, gate one, maps to improve for... Lacta Romilly, Neville Parnham still just seems to be training winners for fun. I think at $7.50, this is a tremendous price. So I'm betting up here um, probably 1.75 units just at the price. Uh, that's race two, number eight, collective. What else are you doing then, Pete? Have you found another gem? Uh, look, race, I think it's race four on the card, number six, changing guard. 
Look, this horse was ultra impressive last start. Same race as Collective, so I'm obviously liking that form line. But look, changing guard with three wide, no cover. Managed to get a little bit of cover on the turn, but then lost momentum. Clint did his absolute best to get the horse over the line. Um, and now it all of a sudden finds gate four in a race without a great deal of speed. I think success play leads Pompey on the outside. Sisu Warrior has gone up favourite, but it just seems to be one of those horses that always finds one better on the day. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about how genuine that horse is, and changing guard really seems to be going through the grade. So race four, number six. How many units on that horse then, Pete? Uh, I think there'll be a two-unit play just to get my prices, $2.90 or so. Yeah, about two units. Beautiful. Two units at four forty. So race two, number eight, race four, number six. Is that it, mate? That's it for the Beautiful. day. Have a wonderful day, Pete. Will do. Go well, Jake. This is Bag of Tips, and it's Friday's Bag of Tips, brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Oz Equipment Rentals, look them up at ozequipment.com. And the best pub in the Mallee, the mighty Ultima Hotel, Shane Bennett is back there. He'll be heading up to Ultima this weekend. He's got chicken wing night tonight on this Friday night, and then barbecue on a Sunday, and I think a few of the... Footballers will be getting there on a Saturday and good luck to the Ultima Football Club. They've got a few sides playing some finals this weekend, both in the football and the netball. Bag of tips today. We'll start with the Geelong Gallops. And I was keen on a horse by the name of Shiva. Five units at 380, race four, number 12. And Benny said he likes a couple here today. Race one, number one, City Limits, two units at 250. And race two, number three, Coco Van Winkle, four units there at 240. Luke Overhead, Hovanessian, he likes a couple at Tamworth, thanks to the great tip-off. Tip off. Race four, number five, Retrieval, a unit each way at $9.375 with Bet365. And race eight, number four, Outback Ringer, two units at two twenty. And on the Willabuck Cup Day, he likes race three, number three, Single Touch, a unit each way at $7.250 the place. And race seven, number 12, Alatiama, a unit each way at $17.420 for Luke Hovanessi in there from the great tip-off. He always loves his value. Mildura Trot today, Darren Carroll's had another wonderful week for us. He likes race one, number one, Majestic Sioux, three units at $2. Race seven, number one, Our Master Play to lead all of the way, two units at two sixty. Race nine, number 11, Bars Jim Major, Two units at 250. And he likes one at the Shepherd and Trots tonight to lead all of the way, hopefully, anyway. Race 10, number seven, Pete Mitchell. Three units at 290. Greyhound Racing. In fact, we'll go to Alice Springs because Andrew O'Toole sent through his best. Race one, number one, Flying Issue, a unit at 280. Race two, number one, Super Famous, three units at 210. Pukova, race three, number four, three units at $4. And then Kicker Tort, race four, number one. Um, a unit at 290, and he also likes race five, number three there at Alice Springs today, and uh, that horse is called Bench Press, and we'll have a unit on that galloper at around, what price, 550 there, so a unit at 550 for Andrew Tool at Alice Springs. In the dogs today at Annington, uh, Matty Claridge likes race five, number two, Karen Jewell, a unit and a half each way at $5.250. And at Hattrick later on today, race two, number three, Big Time Grande, three units at $1.90. And then race four, number one, Big Time Silky, three units at $1.45. Simon Orchard at uh, Goulburn, race four, number three. He likes Melcast Leslie, 
a unit at $8.50. And then at Richmond tonight, race four, number eight, Zipping Smudge, three units at $1.70. So that's a look at our tipsters and their staking plan for this Friday, the 25th of August. And that is Bag of Tips, thanks to Bet365, Oz Equipment Rentals and the best pub in the Mallee, the Ultima Hotel.